And we're live. Hi guys. Welcome to the episode of the Just Plus Fan Podcast. I'm your host David and well, what a weekend. <laughs> I mean, um so sports, that's probably the most sportsy loss I've seen this season. I mean, equalizing like the last in the last minute and then expect, expecting that okay fine, they're probably gonna you know win this game and then Bournemouth are the ones who eventually get that third goal. <laughs> I mean, all this is you just look, think about and just laugh. Now, um, I have a lot of thoughts on, on that. I will give my thoughts on the sports game. Um, the Arsenal game, obviously, I'm going to give my thoughts. I mean, as you all know, Arsenal dropping drop points for two straight matches. Um, basically, they had it on a two goal lead and then they lost it and then they drew, ended up joining the match. Um, Man City, their winning run continues, so they are four points behind Arsenal as a result of the match from the weekend with a game in hand and to play Arsenal also, apart from that game in hand. So things are getting a little more interesting. Um, Liverpool play on Monday, Monday Night Football, and uh, Chelsea lose again, Frank Lampard. I mean, Chelsea are currently in the bottom half of the table. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, that's, a, that's a lot. There's a few to talk about. Oh, Newcastle. Um, Aston Villa pull up a surprise, winning 3-0. And Aston Villa in this top four race, because they're currently on 50 points. Um, six position, 50 points. So, you know, it's looking interesting to see how um, the last few months heats up. But um, I think that's, we have a lot to talk about. So, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Okay, so let's start the show today. I'm going to start our game. I think I'm going to start with the most recent one. Liverpool Liverpool yesterday putting six past um, Leeds. It's, um, I think it's, I think the high, the way Liverpool season has gone is they've been so inconsistent, right? They would have days where they would score those, that amount of, those large amount of goals. They've had three games now where they've scored above six goals. So they scored six against Leeds yesterday. They scored seven against Man United. They scored nine against Bournemouth. So they have those kind of days. And then they could have days where... They would, I think, they would drop points against Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth away. They would drop points. Um, they would lose to Man City in that kind of heavy defeat. Then they would drop. They would drop two. You would think against Arsenal they would play well, and then they would start poorly, and then they would end up dropping points, not winning, drawing the game effectively. So it's like that with Liverpool. So yesterday's game was interesting, though. I mean, Salah scoring, finally scoring, but meaning he is now the top scorer for left-footed footballers. That's that's amazing. Okay, I mean, people say, well, he's only one-footed, which is pretty obvious, but, I mean, try scoring a hundred goals and let's see. <laughs> let's go, try scoring, I mean, he has scored a lot of goals, scored with his right foot, header, but, you know, the left foot one is really, 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 really cool. But, but what he does for their top four chance, I, I honestly speaking, I, I don't think, I think for a top four race, right, you, you just, the more you look at it, Liverpool's inconsistency, that's always going to be the biggest issue there. I mean, the fact that they could turn it up against in games like this, you know, and then turn around in games, you know, games where you're trying to do, and then they end up not not doing their thing. So it's it's like that with Liverpool. It's that inconsistency that's probably and to finish off for you probably need that consistency even more. And even yesterday's game, the goal Leeds scored, it was a, it was an error, right? I think who was the defender? I can't remember who was it. Matip or so. I can't remember who was the guy who made the error. Made an error. And then some of your scores, 2-1 at the time. Then Liverpool just turned off the screw and then just went. And Leeds couldn't catch them. It was just so one-sided from that moment. <laughs> but yeah, but um, I think that's my... I have a lot to say on that game. I think other than that, it's just a straightforward win. Monday Night Football delivered for me for the neutrals, the goal. Who wants to see goals? You see your goals and then you just keep it moving. 
And so I'm going to start with the other games here. I start with Chelsea here, or rather continue with the other games. So we'll continue with Chelsea. Chelsea versus Brighton. Um, so Brighton have done the double over Chelsea. Put four past Chelsea in the first leg. That was Graham Potter, and put two past Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea. Except for the fact that Chelsea actually took the lead first. Um, Deflected goal, but yeah, it's still a goal. You know, Chelsea took the lead first, and then Brighton responded 1-1, and then Enzico scoring to make it 2-1. I have to. I think most of my my commentary on that game is gonna be divided into those two particular points I made, right? So the Nigeria stuff one, and then the Enzico, um, and basically I'm gonna tie it up in those scouting team for Brighton. Listen. Well, Lampard, I think there's nothing I've said. I'm saying now that I've not said before about Lampard, right? Frank Lampard. Uh, back at the club, you know, for them to just basically he's there to steady the ship, and now he has lost all the matches he has played so far. Lost against Wolves, I think lost against there's one team he lost against is it Villa? I think he lost against Villa. Now lost against um, Real Madrid, and now lost against. Um, um, I mean, the Real Madrid loss was expected. Let's be real here. Even though they did put up a little more fight, but I think the other games where you expect that they should do better, like the Wolves game, the Villa game. And this game, Brighton, I'm Villa to an extent, because Villa are a lot much better under Emery so far this season. I mean, I'm coming to their results against Newcastle very soon, but you know, they're in, a, they're in a position where, you know, at least these other matches are games that should have, you know, you expect them, them to do something from. And then to just lose all these matches, I don't care what anybody says, oh, these other teams are good. Yes, they are good, but this is Chelsea. It's not just one random team that's wearing blue and then they just, they just hide under the money car you know they're actually chelsea you know if somebody told you last year or to watch Champions League 21 right somebody told you 2021 that chelsea will be will be the bottom half of the table in 2023 that the, the following season 2021 22 it's my told you that the following season or two seasons later chelsea will be in the bottom half of the season praying for Manchester united to beat nottingham forest so they don't get dragged to relation battle would you really would you really really would you really believe that there's no way you would believe that and the way they are losing games, you don't even know. And the way things are going, what are the chances that they won't sack Lampard? Because it would be so funny if, you know, they sack that they, funny right? They sack Tuchel, they sacked uh, Potter, and if they sack Lampard again, I mean, bring somebody else. It it just reeks off. They don't know what they are doing. And then if you go to the ownership also, I was reading a tweet yesterday where they were talking about how Bully was, you know, involved in like he was inside the um, this is their training session trying to rally the tr- the squad. Which you know, a lot of persons look at that as cringeworthy, but I don't know if I don't know if I will call this an issue that much. But I think this is my take, right? I don't think Bowley is a footballing person. You know, he's, I don't think he's a football person. Yes, there are people who watch football. Yes, the ownership I get it, but football person, I don't think he is. And that's where you know I think the problem comes. Get people in, let them do their thing, and let them go. I, I remember very well some. I think it was a radio on a radio. I think it was talk sport. I think we were talking about how. Bully comes in, does this scratch and just kicks everybody out and then comes in, brings his own people in and then, you know, it's that sudden change of things. Could that be a problem? Because I think I, I have, I tend to believe people who belong to that school of thought when they echo such sentiments. Because if we're being real, you know, they didn't really let the old guys in. Like, it's that succession plan, you know. I don't believe that if you're kicking, you kick everybody out. I don't believe that. Even except maybe they are also disastrous and here, but if there's somebody in, you have to check and say, okay, who is the person that can keep this thing going? With okay, yeah, there's this guy. Then you pick that guy out, and then you have the solution plan in place that you want, and then you just move on like that. I think that's what is much preferred. But when you you see a situation where this guy comes in, kicks, kicks all the grand, even though listen, Granitska. Well, I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm murdering her name, but 
Ganiska Marinovsky. Oh God, I'm sorry. I do, I, that's what I think it's, it is. I can't remember the full name or the spelling. And then the other executives in the club. I think Emenalo. When did Emenalo leave? Emenalo. Emenalo. There's somebody the executive was Emenalo. I can't remember if he's if he's still there. But what I'm saying in the sense is this, right? These persons were there. They already had a plan in place, so they're already doing their thing. Now, if you come in, you kick these guys out. Bring your own. Bring in signings and just throw it at the manager. And then the manager you said you're gonna back mid-season, you sack him, and then you bring some bring Lampard in, somebody else who's worse than Potter. Let's be real. I mean, I don't care if if you believe that Lampard is better than Potter, I have a bridge to sell to you. <laughs> I have a bridge to sell to you. Um, the location I don't know yet, but bring the money that I will show you the bridge. <laughs> because I mean that's how ridiculous it means. You believe anything. That's just what I'm just trying to say. You believe anything, you will. It, it's anyways. But I just think that. Chelsea's problem, even though I'm enjoying it, looking at it, apart from the fact that it's ownership, I think you can trace it back to that. And then, after making that mistake, the urge to want to correct it, or rather, instead of trying to correct the mistake, they make more mistakes. This is my take. If somebody's not a footballing manager, footballing owner, appoint people in football, just put your money in and just take a step back. It's not It's not about, oh, I think this should be the case. Yes, I think, I think, I think. But... What you think and what you know is different, you know. So, is it, for example, now, I mean, I think a team can play a certain tactic or should play a certain tactic. I'm not a manager. I just think if you throw me in the managerial booth and say, David, okay, manage a team. Well, I will struggle because clearly I don't know what I, I will not know. I, I'm not a manager. I don't know much about that, you know, that line of work. And that's just it for me. But I just find it amusing when I see, when I, you know, see football fans, you know, try and, you know. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe it's but but it's. Oh, sorry. I see bully. I think I lost my train of thought a bit. When I see someone like, you know, that ownership. You know, when they try to get so involved, it reminds me of the one with sports. The difference between sports ownership and bully is this, right? Bully has the money. It looks like he has been willing to spend. Sports, they have that same attitude, right? But they are still not willing to spend. That's the difference between the two of them. It's just probably the only difference. Oh yeah, that's my, my take on that. And then the Brighton scouting, right? And Sinko. So it's a forward, Paraguayan forward. They signed him in 2022 from Sherman Paraguay, Libertad. I think it was 10.5 million pounds or so. Um the fee that he commanded, I think is interesting because um I think it's coming to a point where obviously the world is getting smaller and smaller. And you know, I mean, imagine some years ago spending 10 million pounds on somebody from Paraguay, Paraguayan League, who has never played anywhere else before, but just the Paraguayan League. Like an astronomical figure, right? People normally expect maybe two, four million pounds, but I think inflation and all that. But still, I'm not going to be in that circle that would judge him off of that one game. However, you know, let's be real, he has done well, right? And going by Brighton's track record with signings, I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, pretty obvious that this guy is going to do well. I could be wrong, but it looks like it, you know, and seriously, that goal he scored was fantastic. The technique, it's not a fluke. I know that people will say, well, it's a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. I mean, yes, there are people who score long ranges that will probably never score again. Yes, I know the probability of scoring that kind of goal again is low. Yes, the technique he used wasn't... And there's also the argument that Kepa with long range shots tend to suffer. So there's that argument to be made and that is very true. But it's a bit of very, very amusing that, you know, that um, Brighton... Chelsea probably saw Brighton and said, well, let's get their money. If we get their manager... We will um, enjoy the success they are having, and then they get their manager. Brighton, Brighton gets better, bringing the Jebby. Now the thing that people saying, let's get the Jebby as manager. That's the mistake we are making. I do not think 
Brighton success is down to DJV alone. And even if DJV goes, they'll get somebody else in who has a philosophy and who come in. The thing is, they have a network already. Their recruitment system is so sound, bro. It's so good. That's why they could lose a player now and you just won't fear that they, will, they, are, they, are, they are doomed. Because the recruitment, how well they are able to really, really put in the work to get these players into their squad. You know, but I, I just really, really find it quite amusing when I see uh, fans always say, give me their manager, their manager. And look at Potter, right? I'm not saying Potter is a bad manager, obviously, but there's a clear difference, you know, with him at Brighton and with him at Chelsea, right? And that's the thing, that the point I'm trying to make here with fans who, who are tricked or who believe that if they, can, if they can get this guy in, all the problems are solved, all their issues are solved. It's not over, you know. You still have to contend with the fact that... Um, you have to contend with the fact that you know Brighton has you, you don't have the recruitment that Brighton has, you know, the, the, the scouting network. How many teams? I mean, Mitoma, right? After Mitoma, now there's Ensiko. Now, I'm beginning to wonder if Ensiko is like a replacement for Mitoma because Mitoma is 25, I think Ensiko is like 19, you know, 19, right? So you, you kind of get that feeling that Mitoma has been good, right? Is it that okay? If somebody brings in comes in and says, Okay, we want to sign Mitoma. Well, and Siko will just be pushed forward because that's how they do. They got they were through Trossard, right? Trossard was doing well, there was interest, and he's, he's let's have his contract. Time to get some money for him. In steps Mitoma. Mitoma starts gaining, and then when Trossard left, Mitoma gets that spot, that left hand side and just mixes his own. I mean, listen, these guys are very good. Now, people, I just worry that teams will begin to try to poach their recruitment staff, which is very possible. And it all comes down to money and loyalty. And when I mean loyalty, I mean, what exactly do you want? Are you really, really interested in really working? Do you really, what do you want to see? Because it's not all about the money sometimes. You know, there are some people who have a vision and they're working. They have all the money they want. You know, but what's the time where you're working? It's one of the sweetest things to, to have feelings to have when you're working for something. You're working towards something. You're seeing it happen for your very eyes. Definitely, they may not get. So I don't know. I I'll be very surprised if a lot of Brighton scouts remain because it's gonna be very hard, you know, because they're trying to poach them obviously, and Brighton have a job on their hands to keep them. But you know, with the way they have built their entire um, network, I think they they will be fine. But we'll see though. I mean, Southampton went like this around that period, but I think they had Cortese, Nicolai Cortese, and then he left mid-season. 2014 or 2013, he left mid-season and then eventually Poch left. I think Cortese had a huge hand in a lot of their recruitment and the way the, the club was structured. And then you had that Swansea were another team who were doing this quite well. They had loud drop. I, I didn't I didn't really look much into their recruitment like that, but like into their recruitment structure. But I remember very well that they were they, were, they played a certain way, right? And then they were known for playing attractive football and certain players in their squad always seemed to do well. So certain players in their squad seem to do well. So with Swansea, you kind of got that feeling that you know the recruitment. So if you look at teams like Swansea, Southampton, and now Brighton, I think there's really nothing new because Southampton has straight away far away from their original philosophy that they were built under with that style, and you know it has changed. So, but we'll see how Brighton's own goes, at, and, and it's just it for me. And yeah. So that's my take on that game. Now let's go to the Villa game. I was talking about Villa um, in the in the middle of this game. Now Villa put three past Newcastle. Listen, that was the sub, the most surprising result. It wasn't about just the fact they scored three 0 It was the manner of the defeat defeat of Newcastle. I mean, they were so good. I mean, after like two twenty seconds or so, under under two minutes, Watkins had a chance that hit the bar, and before I think Watkins Watkins had a good that was allowed. Then he eventually scored two. So on average, maybe what's on average? Sorry, maybe we probably scored the hat trick if maybe there was no VR or maybe if if the if the goalpost was a bit wider and then maybe he just hit the bar and gone in. But it was a good performance from him. I I think 
Now Villa are sixth. If I remember, if I remember, as the last time I checked the table, they are sixth on 50 points, three points behind Spurs, six points behind United and Newcastle, who are who occupy third and fourth. And I think now Newcastle, ever Aston Villa have beaten Newcastle. I think by United will have to go and face Aston Villa also. You have to don't don't ever rule out Newcastle from this top four race. Do not rule them out. I mean, it's it's looking obvious, and it's a very. I think it's more of. A, I think it means that we have to really appreciate the job Emery has done, and I'm really happy for the guy because his reputation in England when he after his first stint at Arsenal, that reputation was in the gutter. I mean, everybody was making fun of his accent. Everybody thought he was clueless and didn't know anything, know what he was doing. And then he's, he's at Villa, and Villa a completely different team in such a short space of time. That is amazing. That is very good, you know. And it's really, really commendable. And I'm really happy for the guy. If anybody, anybody who bounces back, you, you I kind of feel happy for them, you know, because reputation was in the mud. People thought it was cool to make jest of the guy, and you know, and you know, and here he is, you know, smiling. <laughs> you all laughed at me. You're not laughing now, are you? Yeah, but I, I'm really cool. I'm really happy for the guy. But Villa, now it comes down to I have some few questions right, about Villa, right? Villa, dude, what exactly is going to be their plan in the long run? Because now they've got Emery, and there's a great chance that they will, you know, they will actually want to to probably progress from this, right? This now it's time to really, really answer a lot of questions because they have the money. They've shown that they want to spend. They've shown that they can spend. They've shown they've shown that they can spend. So they are interested in that in climbing up the table from what I'm seeing, right? Getting Emery in now. Emery has done a good job of what they have currently, right? Even though. Yes, they had a lot of personnel in their squad that probably were not going the right direction under Gerard. And then they brought in Emery. Emery comes in, does a good job. In the summer, it's like he's going to be backed. I don't think they have any player in their squad that they can really, really sell at the moment. But I don't know. I think it's going to come down to Emery being backed, being given some money in the, in the window. But what Emery did at Valencia, at Villarreal, you know, with the recruitment and the style of play and what he was able to achieve with that team and with such a thin budget I don't think money will be much of an issue for Emery and I think maybe Villa is probably a perfect team for him to just be at where they punch above their weights and you know I've always had a soft spot for Aston Villa for as long as I can remember um, so I don't really begrudge I don't really have an issue with their, I mean it's not like even if I had an issue like it would have mattered but I, I, I have a soft spot for Villa so it's kind of um, it's kind of understandable you know that, that I'm sort of happy for them you know that they are kind of getting their reputation back everybody's beginning to look okay yeah i mean villa were like a laughing stock for a long time so it's really cool to to see this in real time and yeah so the next game on my list here is um i'll go with the man united nottingham forest game and uh nottingham forest sorry man united winning 2-0 um i think it was just a very very you know straightforward win i think it was very important because I, I remember last time I spoke about United stopping that rot where they won that poor run. I think they won their last game one nil, and that which was against Brentford, and that one nil one win was a very important win for them because they had just stopped the rot, and now they won on two nil. So for their form and for their you know for their team reputation, they needed to win this game, and they did. And they were favored in the weekend because Newcastle and Spurs lost their game, so United had to win to move extend the gap. Oh sorry, I think United are three points ahead of Newcastle. I think they're on fifty nine points if I remember correctly. Or they were, yeah, I think they're ahead of Newcastle. What they, I can't remember. I think they're level on points. Yeah, they're level on points, and then they are three points ahead. So it's important they're currently third. And then, so we're not going to talk about title race again. I'm like, these guys are very funny. If you guys really took your time, you guys spent the entirety of um, the early part of the year reminding and telling us that no, you're not in the title race, and now you know, <laughs> here you are. <laughs> 
But on the serious note, I, I really, I, I think it's the season is about to end. I think in a certain position, certain persons are beginning to know their place. Certain positions are beginning to decide. I think, I think eventually that third position might might just. But listen, they might just. But I'm not saying that they will. But it looks like they're more likely to to do it. But with the way this season is going and the teams they still have to visit, I think they have to visit Newcastle. But they're visiting these guys already and they lost to Newcastle. They still have to visit Villa. They have to go to Villa. They have to play sports, but most of the time, me, even as a sports fan, I don't really look at that fixture as one that's t- very tough. Looking at the way sports have looked so far. But that remains to be seen. We'll see how, you know, maybe sports might just wake up one day and that day and remember that they know how to play football. So, <laughs> my name may have to contend with that, but we'll see how that how that um, that will pan out. But it's interesting. So, at the moment, my name already have more points, I think, than they, ha- than they had last season already, if I remember correctly. That's a very good huge improvement the thing they just have to just consolidate on that and just improve on it and yeah so i'm um, straight forward to new win and the next game on my list here is um uh, man city versus leicester uh, man city man city winning 3-1 i think harland scored two harland has i think harland well, there's one so i think i was in the space when i was talking to the man city and the man city said this thing pep does where i think man city somebody else pep does where Haaland scores his two goals and he takes Haaland off. You know, it's I think that's happened for the last two, three matches. Haaland is on two goals and then he takes him off. Probably trying to keep him as fresh as possible for as many competitions as possible. And again, I'm not going to diss it. You already know my, my opinion on Haaland scoring tappings. I, I said it before, it means he has good movements. Very good footballer, very intelligent. I don't have to read the game. Very, very good. So for me, I'm not really, I have nothing to say against that. And um, the overhead kick, I think there was one where the overhead kick was really good. I don't know, it was a straightforward win. I think everybody expected them to beat Leicester and it went the way everybody expected it to go. Um, maybe the goal they considered was a bit ahead at I mean, that was the easiest goal we ever score. Probably ever score. I mean, the next was looking for I just just tap it in. Again, good movement. That's what it means again. So, I think it was a good straightforward win. But I want to talk about saying things, right? I want to talk about Pep's pep tactics. Pep's tactics, right? There's this tactic he has where... I don't know... I, this thing he does where mid-season... Players who probably everybody thinks, well, probably on their way out, probably somebody who, you know, everybody feels, well, is going to be leaving very soon, or somebody everybody thinks is forgotten. Pep just has this tactic that comes up mid-season, and this player turns, becomes good, becomes this, you know, the, the top of the top of the chain. It's hard. I mean, with Gundogan, 2020-21 season, Gundogan was the guy. Gundogan, mid-season, they had this, I think they had this, was it the 4-2-4 formation? That's where they did their 4-2 when they won the league. And then Gundogan was in the midfield and he was that guy. He was one, he started scoring goals. And they were playing with no striker. And the next season also sustained that run. Gundogan was scoring and still doing his thing. This season is John Stones. In the last few weeks, you know, Man City had issues where, you know, well, I say relatively issues. Early part of the season, actually, early part of the season, uh, maybe not as convincing. They were struggling with matches, struggling with games. Now, the guy is their 3-2-4-1 formation. Stones and Roger in the midfield, right? It's, I've not really taken a look at the tactical um, instructions on the pitch when that team side sets up, but from what I'm seeing, it's looking good, right? Maybe if I take them and I observe it a little bit more, I think I will I will probably study a bit more and then maybe the next episode I probably have a lot more inside. But from what I've seen so far, Stones is that guy that has woken up that mid-season. It's like just where Gunugan was and he scored in this game. Fantastic performance against Bayern Munich. I think he scored in that game, if I remember correctly. Scored in this game today. And Haaland scored the brace. So it's it's amazing. Again, I think my last episode I said we should always we should not talk about we should not just reduce Pep's success to money. 
again this is confirming it do not reduce his success to money pep knows what he's doing let's not reduce his success to money now for the title race we all know this is they're breathing down arsenal's neck really 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 it's get this team is getting closer you know and <laughs> i am enjoying it i really have you know i i like the fact that you know i'll be there no matter what you know i, I want them to really catch us now i mean imagine the entire season where arsenal fans spent telling us you're bragging and bragging and bragging and then to see them all going hide in the last few weeks i know the maddest thing about this form with uh, man city is this right Man City are like four points behind Arsenal because Arsenal drew their game, right? Man City are like four points behind Arsenal, but everybody just has this feeling that they will catch Arsenal. It is crazy. It's one of the crazy. If the, if, it, if it was the other way around, everybody would be like, yeah, it's gone. But the sheer fact that Man City are chasing Arsenal, and before I go to the Arsenal thing quickly, Haaland is on 32 goals, so 32 league goals, broken Salah's record uh, of 32 um, goals in a 34 game, 32 goals in a. Th- 34 league game season or 30 league game season is it 30? sorry 30 league game season I think the other one that he has to chase is um, Alan Shearer's one I think that one was 34 goals is it 34 goals in a 30 I can't, how many games was that? I think like 36 games or so if I remember correctly I think that's 36 games so that's the next one he's chasing I think he's two goals behind that record obviously he's going to beat it because I mean there's a lot of games left and with chances man they create he's probably going to get beat it in the next game I'm just happy that sports have no sports don't play man City again sports don't have any hand in the title race the reason is because of this right either we lose and we get beaten real bad or we, we win the game and then our snaps begin to get nah so my sports are man City's bogey team usually man City's bogey team so uh, I don't. I don't even want to do any good for Arsenal. So <laughs> I'm just happy that Sport have no hand in this entire thing. And you obviously, you know who I'm going to be rooting for to win this league. I'll, again, I will say it. I'll be there no matter what. <laughs> but yeah, um, before I go on my point, yeah. So I said with Man City's, um, Arsenal, sorry, with Arsenal being at uh, four points ahead and still not. Everybody's just having that feeling. And you see a lot of Arsenal fans waving the white flag already, saying. You know, talking about how everybody wants them. Oh, this is what Liverpool was experiencing in the last five years. You know, you know, and everybody like, listen, it's just getting started. You know, and now we ha- speaking about us now. Let's not drop points against West Ham. This is the second consecutive league game. They are dropping. They are losing the two goal lead. So two goals ahead, and then they the opponent equalize, and then they throw away the performance, which is not very, 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 very surprising. Not very surprising because, um, not very surprising because you know, Arsenal. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. I would say it's not. I would not say it's not very surprising. I would say this, it's quite surprising because, I mean, the Liverpool one was a bit surprising because um, two goals ahead, or rather less surprising. Okay, oh, sorry, I would say less surprising because it's at Anfield, Liverpool two goals and yes, but this one was very surprising. Two goals ahead of West Ham. I mean, it's supposed to be a straightforward win. West Ham midweek Conference League. I think they played in the Conference League midweek. They retired. Clearly, they should be tired. West Ham had no right to come back from two goals in this game. That's one. Arsenal had the entire week off. So they were fresh and they were clear. They all did was train and focus on just one game. West Ham had to focus on two games. And to not lose to Arsenal, and for Arsenal to not be able to see out that win, it's it brings up it raises up a lot of conversations, you know. About brings up a lot of conversations, right? In a title race, the title race is not all about winning matches, it's about this period of the season. People are expecting you to be mentally strong. This is where the, this is where the mental side of the game comes in. And this is where Manzi probably do it so well. And now people have to begin to ask questions. Who are these guys? Are these guys really, really ready for this thing? Because the way they are struggling currently, you know, it's, it brings up, it forces us to ask some really, really valuable questions or some tough questions in this case. 
are these guys really ready for this thing you know that they're in because it's not really going to be it's not really an easy competition it's not really going to be an easy fight in the last few games i think it's probably why a lot of persons have that feeling that man still catch them because you get the feeling that the first game to them i mean i don't know i i, I won't lie i was very surprised right and the fact that we were two goals up two one up remember when time got their first goal i think it was the penalty it was the lanzini that scored the penalty two one and then they had a chance to go three one up handball antonio saka misses his penalty and saka has been the only penalty taker all season he's been scoring their, most of their penalties and he misses it not only does he miss penalty it was so so bad in that game i mean a lot of us a lot of fans uh these people just have that feeling and it comes down to also the bench right the bench is another thing Arsenal don't have that bench right look at Man City for example right and I maybe I know this bench is not the same as the one in 17-18 or 18-19 season right but the way they are this season trust me man you can't really rule out that bench you see that bench that, that bench of Man City they have it currently right they got Alvarez so they can rest Haaland and bring on Alvarez yes they had Nketiah who had that slow form that period of the season but compared to Jesus you just know Nketiah Jesus is a better player than Nketiah it's just really 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 setting up for a Man City to catch them and I love it I would love it if I would love it in the words of Kevin Keegan yeah so um on that thing right I'm sure sure a lot of us not fans are very feeling nervous I trust me I enjoy it that you guys are feeling nervous it's gonna be good to see that happen I, I think oh yeah I also really want to think that the injury to Saliba is sort of hurting them. I think holding is clearly a downgrade on Saliba. I think, I mean, the other part of the season, I did think about how Saliba has improved their side and how good he has been to them. And now, everybody's looking to see why he is the improvement because they've got holding playing as center back instead. And you just you just see the difference and the drop in quality. Arsenal still have to go to Etihad Stadium to play, and it's going to be difficult. Do they have to play Villa? I think they played Villa already. They think won 4 2. I think they played Villa already. They won that game 4 2. So I think they're, they're done with Villa. I think they may have on. They've, they've played against Brighton already, have they? I can't remember if they have. Oh, they have to go to Brighton. They have to play Brighton. Although Brighton are going to the Emirates, so it's kind of a different bug mentality with Arsenal at home. But I think. I think Man City. Okay, Man City have a game in hand also. I think it's going to be important to see how that fixture between Man City and Arsenal take, take shape. So, Man City clearly feel like they need to win that game. So, Man City probably want to win that game. And Arsenal need to. Need to. And I mean. Even if it's a draw, it's still a good result for Arsenal. Maybe it's a good result for Arsenal technically because it's, it's the ground that you don't expect that they don't expect them to win. I mean, if you look at their record at the at the, at the Etihad, it's been so bad. I mean, five nil, three nil, four nil, four one. Yeah, it's so one-sided. So I don't and they, and Pep, I thought they've never beaten Pep in the league. And even if you look at how they also beat Arsenal at the Emirates earlier in the season, it was three one. And the manner which it switched mid-game, Pep could really switch on that tactic. I don't I've not really observed. Ateta's tactical side a lot. I mean, there's the main side that we know, right? But where's the plan B side? Like Pep, for example, right? In that game between Arsenal and, and Man City at the Emirates, Pep could switch to a 4-2-4 formation in the second half. And that was how they were able to win the league, right? Win that game, sorry. This he moved away from his system where he was used to where he was playing. This is where he had that left back. The the right it was Cancelo at first, that right side, that left side, and then the guy would cut inside. Sorry, he would cut inside. And then the right side center back would talk in and all that. Then in that game was Bernardo Silva. Yeah, he found that game. He was using Bernardo Silva as that left side midfielder that talks inside. I think they both canceled each other out. Then Pep had to switch to that 4 2 4 formation. So he has that in his locker. And now he has this 3 2 4 1 formation. See this formation now, it's like another extra. So you're playing against Pep, you know, and the game's not working. He has things to really reach into. I, I don't really know how. 
Arsenal have it, have it in their have a lot in their hands. Another thing was I will not allow to do. If Arsenal don't win the league, they are butlers. Do not, I will not allow anybody trying to write this. Write this. No way. Sports have been called butlers. Say the sports finished third in a three horse race. They finished second, is it third in a two horse race, right? Which is a very silly joke because sports were never top in the league. They said sports both the league. Sports were never top in the league at any point. In fact, they only fought first for 14 minutes when they were in the lead against Arsenal. They never ended any weekend on top of the league. Arsenal were in top of the league even in December. So if anybody who bothers is Arsenal, but everybody had this narrative that sports bottled that league, which clearly makes no sense and is absolutely not true. Now, with the way it's going, if <laughs> Arsenal are butlers, I'm not gonna let anybody try and twist it. And I'm saying they're saying Arsenal are not butlers, they're young team, da da da. If it was sports, they would tell us sports are butlers. So don't even come here and tell us this BS. <laughs> Since sports are butlers. <laughs> Anyways, it's gonna be so funny to, to watch. I'm again I'm looking forward to it and I hope Mans they catch them. It's really what I'm gonna be rooting for. But yeah, um Tyson is gonna be trying to watch as a neutral. Um with sports, the way sports are misbehaving, I clearly everybody clearly I, I don't care about the whole top four race anymore. I just focus on Arsenal not winning the league and focusing on Man City to, to win the league. That's what I'm doing for the rest of the season. <laughs> Speaking of sports, um we lost on that sportsy loss. A sportsy loss where they lost three two to at home to Bournemouth. When Danjuma scored that two, made it 2 2, right? I was thinking, okay, Spurs finally get a third goal, just like the game at um, the um, Brighton's home turf, where Spurs won 3 2, came up from Tunisia to win 3 2. I was thinking, yes, Spurs might finally have a chance, and Brighton ended up scoring to make it 3 2. I think that game was just Spurs defending being so bad. It just reminded us why we needed a new defense. That is the umpteenth time we've been reminded why a defense is needed. Proper investment in the defense is really needed. Because I don't know. Long leg comes off. Sanchez comes in, and Spurs were one goal up already. Son scored, and then Sanchez comes on, and Spurs concede two goals. The two goals largely Sanchez's fault. I mean, yes, Poro lost the ball, but Sanchez's position losing the ball in that position is very dangerous, right? I'm looking at the right side center back on how he does, how he positions. Sanchez just looks like a deer in front of a, a moving trailer. The headlight is shining. A deer in a headlight situation. That's a, It's like the reaction is so bad. It's so so very poor. And he got booed in that game. And listen, I, I, I know fans will say, some fans belong to Slot already say, listen, I don't think he should be booed. I think, again, people spend, I, I'm not going to tell the fans how to, I mean, different reality, I'm not going to tell the fans how to act, right? Science on big money, I'm sure it comes with the job. If you, if you are if you are doing a particular job, one of the why you are paid so highly, apart from the whole marketing part and all that, it's the sheer fact that you the, the hazard is also con- accounted for. I think it's on 85k a week. Bro, if I'm 85 grand a week, you can boo me. I do not care. It's not like I do not care per se, but I don't I don't think it should get to you. Yeah, it will get to you because you're human. I mean he was crying, but I don't think it's something you would really look at. Because listen, he was being booed because he was so bad. You know, he was so poor. And this is the umpteenth time. This was the umpteenth time that he was really, really bad. So I don't really know if I would look at it that way and say, well, uh, I don't know. I'm different on the whole thing. It's it's one of the reasons that you just find it hard to just take a position. On the emotional side of it, he's human. But on the other side of it, yeah, you're paid a lot and you're playing so poorly. Well, you know, think about it. You should be doing better. And it's sort of, some people say, well, it's sort of deserved. You know, that's how a lot of people will view it. And it's just my take on that. But speaking of um, speaking of poor, I talk about poor. A lot of fans are going in on Poro. I think he has his Instagram account. And listen, I don't really, I'm not really going to judge Poro a lot um, because you know, if you look at his season, his form, I mean, joined, basically, it's like in a chaotic situation. No manager because we all know Sterling is not going to be there. No manager, 
and training is still adopting the same near the same tactic that Conte adopted that everybody a lot of fans hated and now you know the same tactic I've made my story. I've said, listen, no matter what, if you sack, leave sacking the own manager and leaving the assistant around is basically still having the manager employed because what is the point? You know, you still have his manager employed, he's still doing it, he's still technically the manager. Technically, technically, Conte is still the coach, if we're being real here. You know, so I don't know, man. I really don't know. I do find it amusing when a lot of fans expecting something different. That's why I was laughing when I was seeing fans saying, Earlier, this is when earlier, much earlier when uh, Sterling was doing well with that Conte, and we were like, oh, Sterling, and then Sterling is now in, and you're seeing the same thing with Conte. I'm like, yeah, are you surprised? You know, it's it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, um, and then Son, Son scored in that game. Son scored to make it um, um, to score the first goal. I said already, and oh, quickly, guys, oh, Poro, yeah. So I'm not really gonna judge Poro a lot, and also the same reason why I think Kulusevski has been unfairly judged. Because um, if you look at a lot of fans trying to say, well, certainly um, Kulusevski has been poor. I don't know if we, if we are going to make that deal permanent. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. Most of you gave Eric Dyer multiple, multiple times. Like, you will forgive a lot of Eric Dyer's shortcomings. So Poro just joins. I mean, Kulusevski is probably a year into, the, into, the, into his uh, role, right? Surely he's credit. He, ha- he should have enough credit in the bank for you guys to just say, okay, it's poor form, or it's down to the tax being adopted. Why are you saying, well, Kulusevski? Okay, fine. Who do you sign then? Who will you sign as the right winger then? Kulusevski is probably the best one we have. And it, the funny thing I'm finding, what I'm finding, I'm using a lot of fans. I've spoken with Man City. Man City fans telling me, listen, it's for someone want him. Let him go to Man City. I don't get it. You are all kidding me. There's no way I can take you seriously if you're telling me that Kulusevski should not be permanent. No way. Kulusevski is probably the best option for that position very best for so i've seen in a very long time i'm very confident that under a different manager closest will play a lot better a lot of the reasons why closest is struggling it's the tactics the recent tactics this season i can see that even when he season started he was playing well and then i don't know what happened with the tactics and now he's not i'm not going to come here and kick the guy when he's down when he's i remember very well where he going when he going during session break and everybody was angry within that space of how many months you guys are telling me now that you don't want to sell to permanent. Nah, this will be permanent. You guys are not. You guys have to not be serious. I, I can't take. I can't take you a lot serious if you're gonna be. Silly, if you're gonna be, you know, rejecting that same talking points. But you know, it's one of those things you see and you're not surprised about. But yeah, um, Dan Juma, I, I think it, he scored in that game. I said already. I think it's gonna be surprising if he. I'm gonna be surprised if he stays. But the fact that he came on and he changed that game because the intensity was very poor, and it makes you wonder why were you guys not playing him? You know. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. The, the way the the guys, the, the guys and the guys who make decisions, the way they behave sometimes can be quite surprising. And then Richarlison scored again, put out for offside. Um, I'm sure that guy has to be tired of the officials by now, because I'm like, listen, are you guys targeting me? What the hell is going? on? Oh my God, put out for offside again. I, I think it also changed the game with intensity, with hard work and all that. But I don't think Richarlison's problems will be. I don't think p- people who say it should be sold and it's been a flop, I'm still gonna stick to my guns. I'm still gonna say, well, I do not think um, Richarlison has been a flop. I think maybe first season, there are a lot of factors that are just against him that I think, you know, trying to say he has been a flop, I think is a bit unfair. Although statistically he's a flop, but how many has he played in his favorite position as a striker? That's one. Two, he has played more games on the right side of the wing, which is not his best position at all. Right, so left side of the ref or through the middle, and obviously through Hurricane, he won't play. Hurricane, he won't play as a striker. Hurricane is always going to start. 
but it's just i just think it's you know there are many things that are just work just like i felt about grealish i felt jack grealish's first season people were a bit harsh on the guy and look at grealish now grealish looks completely different this season so it's one of all those i think it's similar to that here with um with him i think that's just it for me in that case but yeah, that's my take on the whole sports thing um the top four is again i've always said that i don't think sports finish top four i really don't i think their teams are much better and looking at villa creeping up creeping behind sports and sports to go to villa uh, it even reduced my confidence even more i think people will say well um sports have to go to villa and if you look at the way sports are playing are playing and the way villa are playing are you really confident that sports will go to villa park and win let's be real here it's not like this last season when sports were in that form they were scoring four or five goals so it's just one of those things I just I just don't have a lot of faith in. I just don't believe sports finished top four. My own is please don't finish top, don't finish Europa League, don't finish Europa League or Conference League, please. Because what's the point? You you, you all frustrate me. So I like go to Champions League or you sit at home. I would have preferred the trophy normally because listen, my view on Champions League, I've always said this. What's the point? You know, are we getting? Are we really winning anything? I will, it was not we'll go into the window and invest heavily to compete. We don't do that. Liverpool are probably the only top four team I've seen that finished top four and I will still try to win the Champions League. Most top four teams like they are just happy to be there. I don't know, man. I'm just tired. But anyways, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, I know I'm recording on a Tuesday morning. Um, I had to wait for Monday Night Football. Um, a lot of things happened and I couldn't record on a Monday because, you know, I had to... I, had, I just ended up saying, okay, Monday Night Football and then here we are. But thanks for listening. Have a nice rest of the week and um, bye. See your host, David. Take care.